Hello and welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Hunter Davis. Thanks for joining us for this special session, Rescue and Renewal Women's Conference. In these lessons, we'll hear from several different ladies on several different topics in regards to rescue and renewal. We hope that you enjoy these lessons as they will be very applicable to each of your lives as women. Thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy it. My name is Stacy Davis. I am Hunter's mom, and um, he is the second of six children that we raised. Uh, my youngest is 20, so my kids, I'm past the, past the toddler age. We're in a whole other different adventure, so, um, but that's a little bit about who I am. Um, you've come into intentional parenting, in case that you didn't know that for sure. <laughs> but... Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to work really hard to get it all in in 40 minutes, but um, yeah, this is, it's really a challenge. I'm grateful for the help this morning. <laughs> so um, what Summer went over this morning was excellent, and in fact, um, the part about um, the preteen age, you guys, is so important, and it's, I didn't even have it in mind. There's just too many things to choose, but um, that, that was great stuff, and the world is different even from my oldest. My kids are 10 years apart from oldest to youngest and the world is a different world um, My oldest from my oldest to the youngest. And, and that is a huge part of it was what she was talking about, the gender issues that we have and the technology that they're exposed to is just makes a completely different world. So um, anyway, so I appreciated that so much. Um, Anyway, so intentional parenting, be very careful then how you live, not as wise, or not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. What percent of scripture do you think applies? What, what, what percent of scripture applies to our parenting? Any ideas on that? Thoughts? Have you thought about it? Did you guys go looking for parenting topics in the Bible? What about 100%? Okay, so when I had 40 minutes to present, you know, I, I, my, my topic was parenting. <laughs> and so 40 minutes is going to be really tight, but we're going we're gonna to go for it as best we can, right? Um, let's think about, for just a minute, what our goals are as parenting. Have you thought about that? Have you sat down with your husband? If you're married and have children, have you talked about that? What are your goals? My husband and I had um, goals for parenting. But our primary goal was to raise children to know and love God, to know and love Jesus Christ, and to know His Word. Character was high on the list of our training. Okay, I homeschooled, but character was the primary goal of our, even our homeschooling. Okay, this isn't what the world tells me I have to do, and it's kind of scary. If I, I, I'm hearing more homeschooling, I know there wasn't a lot when Hunter and Haley first came here, but. Um, that it's scary because we're like there's a standard the schools have to you know we have to get to this particular things and they got to know this and that teach your child to learn and teach character but teach character first just teach your child to learn they'll figure it all out okay and so I'm here to tell you it's not as daunting and we're not here to please man we're here to please God okay totally not in my notes let's keep going here <laughs> excellent we'll sit we'll chat for hours right okay because I could do that um, <coughs> anyway, I, my um, number one, and before we get started, I do want to tell you, I did give you a handout, but because 
this is not probably your normal handout. This is because I'm giving you a fire hose of information today. But primarily, I want you to know this is God's word, okay? And it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what preachers say. It doesn't matter what Summer says. If you don't go back to look at God's word to see what he has to say, it doesn't matter, okay? What he has to say, this is truth, this is foundational, and this is where you need to go. So I wrote down the scriptures primarily on this page that I, just came to my mind, a lot of them that I you know, went to for this. I, I ended it with some other just favorite verses that I just couldn't resist. And um, at the very end, some prayers for my children. And I will tell you one of the things that I have done just really quickly in my Bible. Note those things when you're looking at scriptures. And they're like, man, this is a great thing to pray because praying the scriptures is powerful. And so I, for me, when I'm marking it, this is actually a brand new Bible. I had to buy one exactly like my old one anyway, but my old ones is completely marked off falling apart. So I would just go along the passage and do this little line on the side and I can quickly find prayers for friends, family, my husband, my children. There, there's a lot of really good ones. And so go, you know, that's something to think about. Um, so that's just a side note. That's additional free information. Um, but... Our number one, number one in intentional parenting that I want you to know is that we must pursue an intentional relationship with God. And I think we've already heard that today. Um, and it, you guys know it, but we have to be reminded of it continually. And I'm going to just share three of my favorite, um, because God keeps bringing them back to me again and again and again and again. And the first of those, I call them my trilogy. <coughs> okay, it's not mine, it's God's. But um, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 is one of my very favorite places. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us swap everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes. I, by the way, reading out of the NIV 84, okay, it's the old one, but I love that word that it uses right there, fix your eyes. I like the word picture on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I, I come back to that again and again and again, and I mean, that's what I want for you. I want you refreshed. I don't want you to grow weary. I don't want you to lose heart, okay? But the key is our fix. It's what are we focused on? What is the lens I am using to see what is happening today? And it ought to be Jesus Christ, the gospel message, okay? Um, the second in my trilogy, um, Colossians 3.2, it tells us um, that we are to set our hearts on things above. So we have our eyes fixed, we have our hearts set. And then in Isaiah 26.3, it says, I will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So now I have my mind stayed on you. That's all of me, all of me on him, okay? And I think that is utmost important and it's foundational. Um, so when we look at that and we think about our relationship, or yeah, just having a relationship with God and pursuing a relationship with God, the first thing that would come to our mind is our time with God and our devos. And some of you, I think a lot of you are moms of little ones. This is not an easy trek, okay? As life ebbs and flows and the changes seasons, we have to change our approach. We cannot put God in a box when he is in, in our time with God. 
you know, I can remember having toddlers and homeschooling little ones. My sister was single, and she's like, yeah, I just spent my two hours with God, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the truth is, is that I needed to keep pursuing that relationship, and I had to keep in my relationship with him, which is staying in the Word, in prayer, and there's creative ways that we can do this, okay? It does not have to look like 6 a.m. in the morning, I'm going to rise and shine, I'm going to have quality one hour of time with God, and then I will pray for another, th you know, there's not a box. And that's what I want you to know right now. Okay, be creative. Look for ways. Some of the things that I did when my children were very little was when I did them, I trained them. Okay, scripture says train up a child the way he should go. So training is before. Okay, it's not the discipline after. The training is before. And so <coughs> I trained my kids. When mommy's sitting, Bible in front, I am communicating with God. This is a no interrupt time. Okay, now there are a lot of different ways to do that. It depends on their ages. <coughs> Um, when they're little, like the crawlers, okay, we actually, and Anna, I, I very much did this, but we trained blanket time. You can have playpen time, you know, but you can train. So we put toys on a blanket. This is your parameter. And we trained her to stay in this area and quiet for this amount of time. You start with five minutes, you know, and you, you, you train them. They are going to stay in there. You might have to pop. Okay. I don't know what you guys feel about discipline, but you know, that we believed in discipline. Um, and, you know, I'm not talking major, you know, <laughs> corporate punishment, but, you know, we would let her know, no, this hurts, don't get out, okay? Timer goes off, yay, you can get off, okay? This takes time, and it's going to be a while before you work your way up to 30 minutes so you can sit down and have 30 minutes, right? So at first it's going to be a couple of minutes of quite interrupted time, right? But I'm working towards it, and eventually it pays off. Um, if you have little ones, and I mean, you know how it, you, you wake up early and there's always one that wakes up with you. I finally got up early and this one wakes up, right? Okay, pull them on your lap. Invite them in. They need to see you in God's word. Invite them in. Okay, but this is quiet time. Mommy's with God. I'm going to read. Read it out loud. Pray out loud. Okay, do it with your kids. Um, but my older ones, you know, I, okay, fine. You can sit here, but you're going to be quiet and mommy's going to have her time. They didn't last very long. They usually found their things to do, right? <laughs> so the truth is, is we can be creative, even if our kids are awake, because there were years when I, my oldest daughter needed less sleep than I did. I'm telling you, <laughs> she could eat more pizza than I could, and she needed less sleep than I did. Um, so there are those seasons when you really have to work to find the time, but make this a priority. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Make it a priority. Talk to somebody else. How else have you figured out how to get time in? Today we can listen to God's word. That's a great way to add in some more, especially these times when I'm training. I'm not having a lot of focused time. It's not my only way. I need to be reading his word, but listening to God's word is a great thing to do too. So look for those kinds of things. The gospel message should be repeated constantly throughout my life and my children's life. So I need to repeat it. Yeah, it's news I know, but you know what? I need to keep remembering it. And that's how I'm focused on him. Um, <clears throat> so scripture needs to be foundational in our lives. I want you to remember and teach your children The scripture never contradicts itself. Okay. When we look at scripture, we're looking at context. We want to look at where it is in Scripture and what's going on around it, but we also use the Bible to understand the Bible. So the more I know about his word, the more I understand his word, right? So the more that I can do that. Timothy, um, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says that all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The... God's word is, is what we need. 
God's, God's word is everything that we need, okay? He is what we need. In this, we need to make sure that we have a very solid theology. In other words, we need to know who is God and who I am in Christ. And so I have written for you guys just, I mean, totally incomplete list that I just like, things that I was thinking through just on this, prepare, preparing for this. Um, I would add to it also Redeemer. I thought of that after it was already printed. I was like, yeah, I should have added Redeemer. But um, make your own list. Add to this list. This is not every scripture for these. Okay, these are just what just I came up with. Like, okay, I know this one, this one, this one. So know who God is. He's sovereign. He's love. He's able. He's our creator. He's my refuge. He's my righteousness. He's trustworthy. He is his ways are not my ways. His thoughts aren't my ways. I don't understand them. I am the daughter of the king of kings. And you need to know those things, okay, in order for you to help your kids understand those things. You've got to know them. Um, we could have a whole lesson on every single one of those that I listed and then some, right? <clears throat> but I don't have time. They didn't give me that much time. So, um, I, But I do want you to know that every one of those affects how you parent. Okay, the next thing I want to remind us is don't just do lip service or this head knowledge. Okay, that's really easy to slip into. James 1 is very clear that we need to be doers of God's word, not just hearers only. If you look at 4.17 in James, it says that anyone who knows the good he ought to do and does not do it, sins. You guys ever thought about that one? That's pretty powerful, right? Okay, so, but I also want you to know, well, let's go to Philippians 3.16. And I'm actually going to read, um, starting in verse 12, because context, right? So, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the price for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained, what we have already understood, what we already know. Live up to it. Okay, so we need to be living up to. In other words, walk in what you know. Do the things that you already know to do. But right up here in before that it says, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is in the future. Okay. If you've messed up to this point, maybe the whole time, we have a redeeming God. Get back on track. And as a mom, I will tell you, I am not a perfect mom. Well, Hunter can tell you I'm sure a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's a relationship that I continue to get back up. Okay? It's not just... I know it, I should. It's no, I'm gonna keep striving to walk in the things that I know that God is calling me to walk in, to do, the, the life that he is wanting me to live, okay? That is what it's talking about. Um, so we do have to know who he is, we have to know who we are in him. Let's go to Deuteronomy 11, 18. And girls, this is really the same thing that was happening this morning. We read in Deuteronomy 6 and it's really the same, it's repeated. I just happened to choose 11, so this way you guys got a well-rounded of this. <laughs> but it says in here, it says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hearts and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Is there anything left? 
I mean, this is, so this is, I've got to know it all. I, not that I have to know it all, but I mean, this is where my focus is. This is, this, I have to keep putting his word, right? In my forehead, in my heart. Memorizing is so important. If, if you are not memorizing, memorize. And there's great ways to keep God's word. And I don't even know where I had this little one right here. But here's some, here's some ideas on that. Like I've, I take and I laminate when I'm doing whole passages because I can find them, right? And they don't get crumpled up. And so when you're memorizing a whole passage and, and don't think I can't do this, you just take it one verse at a time. It happens. I'm a terrible memorizer. But I have memorized some passages, okay? So this you can do this, but it takes discipline. It takes doing it every day. It can be part of that time. Three minutes going over the verse, reading, reading through it several times, and eventually you'll have it, okay? <coughs> so don't think that you can't, but that's another, um, another good thing besides, you know, you guys know all these kinds of things all over the house. Memorize it. But we, we also need to bring our children it's saying, along in that. In every moment of their lives, we need to be investing in them and pointing them back to God's word. Okay, um, David uh, was especially good at this, just applying life. Okay, so just some real life applications. You know, I mean, an easy one. You see the rainbow. I mean, every single time we saw the rainbow, my husband was going to talk about God's promises. Okay, my kids know the story of Noah. He'd go over the story of Noah sometimes. I mean, we talk about remember it's God's promises. He's never going to flood the the earth again, and God keeps His promises. We see it throughout his word. And so you take them back to God's word and you share with them that <coughs> the rainbow, the, <laughs> the rainbow is God's. Okay. Some people are trying to take it and, and make it resemble or re represent something that it is not. The rainbow represents that God is faithful to his promises, right? That's what we need to be remembering. We see the rainbow. You can take them outside. You can walk outside and go, it's beautiful. God created this tree. God created the sunshine. He created the grass. He created the birds that chirp. Isn't it beautiful that we can hear? God created our... I mean, you can go a million ways on creation, right? I mean, let, just do it. Be mindful of it yourself so that you can share it with your kids. Um, and life lessons in, in weeds and sin. I mean, just think about them for a little while, okay? There's it, just everything that we can do. We can be thankful for the rain that comes down, even when it's a rainy day and it squashed everything that we're going to do because rain is what brings life, right? Rain is God's provision. And so we can, we can give thanks in all circumstances. We can talk to our kids about giving thanks in all circumstances. Use it in the little things. Show them the power of prayer. I lost my keys and my sunglasses all the time, okay? And <laughs> I can remember. I'd be searching for a campfire. Okay, kids, get together. Okay, mommy can't find her keys. God knows where they are. Let's pray, okay? And we're praying for, to find the keys, right? We're all praying. Okay, now, now we're going to do our part. Okay, God's sovereign. He's in control. He knows, but we have to do our part. I'm going to go out. We're going to look for our keys, right? We find the keys. We get back together. We go, woohoo! Praise God. Let's pray and give thanks. He found our keys, right? This is showing, God, uh, showing our kids the reality of God and who he is and prayer and the importance of it, okay? And so bring them into things like that. And this takes time. I wasn't looking for my keys to be looking for my keys, right? I was headed somewhere. And so this took time out and, and took time to stop and do this when I was really wanting to leave the house. And so use the time. Think about that, those kinds of things. Um, I can, you know, live, live the life that you're called with your kids. So when our kids were growing up, we had standards and movie watching and those kinds of things. And one of the things that was super important to us was the name of God. We wanted to maintain that as precious. His name is precious. And I hope you realize how precious his name is. The world does not see his name as precious. And it shows up in a lot of places that are otherwise 
seem like very innocent and good entertainment. And so one of our rule, you know, one of our rules is our kids were growing up and we'd take them to the plugged in and say, okay, well, let's look at this movie you're wanting to go see. You know, what's in there? If the Lord's name was in vain, we didn't go see it. Well, my youngest daughter, and it wasn't too terribly long ago, so my kids are grown and, you know, sometimes we kind of let things slip a little bit, right? I mean, I'm just watching so don't be offended, fix her up, or I was watching, okay, and I'd watch several episodes, and, and it's fun to watch, but when they go into those new houses, they don't always say what we should say <laughs> in their shock and surprise, right? They often are using the Lord's name in vain, and I mean, I just kind of let it slip, right, because it's, e it's easy. We hear this in the world, so it's not like, you know, it, it, I want it to shock me more than it does. I'm trying to make it shock me. Well, I kind of was like, well, you know, maybe I should just stop it right before that every time. Well, one day my daughter's watching it with me and she's like, mom, they're using the Lord's name in vain. Oh, you're right. Okay, so all those got erased off the DVR. <laughs> and, and I'm not telling you you're in sin if you're watching Fixer Up. Please don't hear that. But what I'm saying is I'm bringing my child along and, and we're helping one another out in this walk, right? By this point, because she was like probably 16, 15 or 16. Um, another thing to think about is um, children's songs. I mean, the theology of old children's songs, he is able, he is able. Talk about how he's able, right? Go back to scriptures, because how much did you sing some of these songs and not even think about what we were singing? Um, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty. Take your kids back to passages of scripture and show them. Tell them stories that are from the scriptures that, that show it. Um, here's one of my favorites that I'm like, we as adults need to be singing this. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see, right? Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, feet, where you go, right? These are things that, that we can use them to help us go back to Scripture and show it to our kids. Um, another thing that I did, just really quickly, and I've got to watch the time, um, that I did with my kids, and this kept Scripture around always, <laughs> but <laughs> and I had six of them, so I had these six posters all over it. So every once in a while, <clears throat> we'd say, okay, here's a... Here's a verse that we need to work on. It likely was because something was going on in my household that needed this particular verse, or maybe it was one God laid on my heart. But, you know, I'd hand out this nice little poster board, and I said, okay, we're all going to either write out or illustrate this verse, right? And they could write any version. So, you know, I had some, you know, it's foreign language. Um, we had, you know, who knows? We had all kinds of different, that's actually Hunter's, believe it or not. That one's Hunter's, it's not Anna's. I have a linguist in my family now, uh, Anna, but that's not even hers. This is Hunter's, he did it in the Greek and the ASB. I don't know how old he was when he did that one, but, um, <laughs> but it, you know, this can be a varying of ages when you look at some of these, okay? This was one of Anna's. Mommy wrote it, she illustrated it, right? Okay, but the thing about that is, you know, they can be varying degrees and, you know, ages, and so it, it, what happened then is I'd post them. Okay, so um, do nothing through oh faction or through vainglory, but lowliness of mind, counting each other's better than the other, right? Okay, I, that version's kind of not mine, but anyway, <laughs> don't do anything, you know, do, I need to count others more important than myself, right? And so then we are over here and we're struggling with this brother and I can go, remember the verse? we wrote up because they're like all over my house. I got six of them all over my house so we could easily find one and then we could go back. And so I'm pointing them again to scripture again and again and again and refreshing it. And myself as well, right? So I want you guys to love God's word. If you look at Psalm 119 and the love for the word of God in that is amazing. That's a, a great one and it's contagious. Um, Colossians 2.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell 
in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Dwell, ladies, this is not a visitor. They're not coming over for coffee. They're not coming. You know, this is dwelling. It's living inside of me. The word of God. Let that happen. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of that too. Um, in a second Timothy study right now at my church that I'm leading in. And Eunice and Lois. And how that mother and grandmother of Timothy, because of, because of their faith, it was passed down. That's generation to generation to generation. Okay, they were living their faith. All right, point number two, and I know like we are like, okay. <clears throat> I want you to think about intentionally parenting with open hands, okay? And those open hands are towards God, not towards, not towards the world, please. Towards God. Um, <clears throat> and it's still me doing my part, right? It doesn't negate me from doing my part, but there's a lot of things um, <clears throat> that I need to let go of, that God is in control of. And, and we talked yesterday about surrendering to God the control, right? Because we want to try to control every little thing. Um, so I'm still to point my children back to the scriptures. I'm still working and walking in his ways and knowing who he is and what his ways are and who I am in him. But at the same time, I'm going to trust him, right? with those things that are outside of my control. One of the things I want you to know is that suffering happens, and I, you know, if you don't already know it, it is throughout Scripture. It is throughout the New Testament. It's even in the Old Testament. There's suffering, okay? Suffering happens. It's real. It happens in the life of a Christian. Um, and we need to know that. We need to <clears throat> we understand and trust who God is, that he's in control, and that we are to grow from it. So it's for my good. And he's with me in it. He strengthens me, right? James 1 tells me that, uh, you know, it's, it's for working out of my, uh, my brain just lost its train of thought, but, you know, perseverance. So, so this, these sufferings are for a purpose and a reason to grow me. Um, Romans 8.28 is another good one in that area that God's working all things out for my good for, and for his glory, right? And for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Um, but we need to run to the Lord and we need to teach our children where to run when we're suffering and when we're hurting. Okay. Um, I did have this little saying, and I do not know where I wrote it down from, but it's on a slip of paper. And uh, I'm like, I don't know where I wrote this down. It might have been from Paul Tripp. I don't think I came up with this myself, but I did not accredit it when I just wrote it down to remember it probably. But <clears throat> it says, suffering is spiritual warfare. It is humbly revealing self-reliance, reminding us we are small and dependent and not in control. And so it's for our, for our good. I now want to go to Proverbs um, 3, 5, and 6. I didn't even mark it in here, so hang on a second. Proverbs. Okay, 3, 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. But then he goes on to say, I think we all kind of know that. One. And then he goes on to say, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. First of all, the more I know God, the more I can trust him. So the more I'm understanding who he is in all these other areas, the more I'm able to trust him. So I want to keep getting to know him, to trust him more. Um, one of the things I know about God is that he's sovereign. He's in control. But am I acting like I know he's in control? Because this here, it says here, in all your ways, acknowledge him. 
So it's not just I know it, it's am I acting as if I'm knowing it, okay? Or am I trying to cling and hold on to something that I should not? Out of fear, I think often <coughs> times we hang on to the wrong things. Um, verse seven then goes on and it says to fear the Lord. Here he tells us to fear the Lord, but how many times does he tell us not to fear anything else, right? Is there anything else he tells us to fear? It's only God. We are to fear God, but he tells us in so many other places. And I wrote down scriptures on your papers not to fear. Um, so we need to make sure that um, we are not holding on to fears. Perfect love casts out all fear. We know that. Um, Matthew tells us um, not to fear us being taken care of. He's going to take care of us like he does the birds. Matthew also tells us not to fear what man can do to the body, just fear what can be happen to the soul. Um, but and then you've got Psalms and, and all kinds of other places talking about fears as well. And I wrote down some of the ones. Your um, pages are full of some different and various verses. Um, <coughs> so I want to ask you right now, if I had lots of time, I'd send a write because I love to do that and write them all out here. But I'm going to go a little faster than that. So what are some of the things as parents that we fear for our children? Anybody? Their health. Their health. Good. <coughs> what? Their futures. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Anybody worried about them coming. I'm raising them like this now. I'm worried about it sticking with them okay. as they go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Anybody else? Napping Kid is kidnapping. Oh, kidnapping! Yes, yeah, yeah, we do. Anybody else? Okay, here's mine that I just wrote down for this. Okay, health definitely, purity, walking away from God, something bad happening to them, and here's one I didn't hear: not being accepted. Has that ever been a struggle? We don't really think about that as a fear, but maybe. All right, what do I naturally? In my, in my natural self, in my natural being, not being spirit-led, what do I do? What do I try to do when I fear? Take control. Control. Exactly. We try to control it ourselves, and we can't. So we worry and we fret. And it's just like we said yesterday, surrender. Surrender that to him. Um, how can we acknowledge Christ, okay, when our flesh wants to fear? That's a hard thing to do, right? Some of the things that, um, that I do is, like, pray. Like every time you feel that stomach nodding, handing it over to the Lord, like mentally handing that over and saying, this is your burden, Lord. This one is not mine, right? And, and letting him take care of it. Lord, I know you can take care of this much better than I can take care of this. Um, cho just choosing to really trust him that he's the one in control. Meditating on his word. Meditating on the truths of scripture, especially that might pertain to what I'm fearing, right? And who God is. Uh, when I was a uh, young mom, my husband would travel for weeks at a time. Um, well, not weeks at a time, but you know, he'd be gone for like a week um, uh, on golf trips or for his, with his dad and brother or a business trip. And um, I can remember being fearful. It's dark at night, you know, we're all locked in. And especially if I woke up in the middle of the night, I'm going, there's a sound. There's a sound. Or it's really quiet in the house. I'm going to bed. It's all dark. And there's a sound. What is that? Somebody's trying to get in, right? Okay. <laughs> so here's what I did. I took a notebook, a spiral notebook, and I started writing down. Every time I ran across a verse in scripture that would apply, right? And the one that still sticks to me is, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. So I would write these down, 
And every time that I, because it was always at night, it stayed by my bed at night <laughs> and my lamp right there, right? So I would flip that light on, start reading, right? I'd take one and just go over and over and over, okay? Keep saying it in my head with the light off and fall asleep, okay? And, you know, I might have to do it several times, but I'd keep doing it. And it got less and less and less until I don't even know where the notebook is. Now, I do, like, I, I think I get halfway through that verse right now, if I fear, because Satan already knows where I'm going with this, because he knows. I figured out, okay, you don't like the scripture? Here it is. And so, you know, fear, that, that's, that is a, scripture is powerful to take care of fear. Um, another, another one, my, my purity for my kids was probably my biggest one. Like, purity not only um, for an outsider coming in, right? to um, destroy my child's purity, but their own choices as they got older. So it's kind of a two-way street. And so every time that those thoughts hit my head, I was in prayer, Lord, keep my children pure, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Lord, keep my children pure. And I left it in his hands, okay? Now, does that mean it stayed there? No, I tried to take it back. And so I had to pray again, you know? And that's okay, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep giving it back to him and trusting him. Lord, I'm gonna choose to trust you. And, um, you know, those kinds of things. So these are some ways that we can kind of give over our fears to the Lord. And I'm sure that there's plenty more. Um, but it, it, those are some practical ways to just really try to move past <clears throat> our fears and be conscious of them, knowing that I'm going to hand them over. Psalm 46 is one of my favorites on fear. It, in the beginning, it starts, oh, God is my refuge and strength. And then it talks about the seas roaring and the mountains falling into the midst of the seas, right? And it says we don't need to fear. Because you know what? God has a city that is not going to be moved. We have a God who's not going to be moved. And he's going to help us. He is all powerful. And at the end, it ends and says, be still and know that I am God. There it is again. Like I can trust him for his part. I can be still in those parts that I want to take control of that are not mine to take control of. Okay, that I cannot control. Um, I can remember when my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, was, oh, probably about 10. And she had grown up, same small little church. Her cousin was a couple years older than she was. And they were, you know, of course, best of friends. They were at church together, probably the closest in age at church most of the time. Um, you know, spent the night, went on trips with us. So here's her little best friend. Um, Jacqueline is now 10, her cousin is 12, a new little girl moves to town, starts going to church, who's 12? <laughs> so you can only half imagine how this went, as much as her cousin and her still love one another, and they do, by the way, right now. Um, but, you know, there was a definite um, left out that my daughter was definitely feeling in multiple ways. Um, and so what does mama bear inside of us want to do? What is my flesh one? I mean, I want to protect, right? So there are several ways I could go with this. I could go and have a talk with my sister-in-law. I could go have a talk with my niece and tell her how wrong she is, right? Or I could sit there and sulk with my daughter and feel with her all along and go, yeah, that rotten cousin. I can't believe she did that with you. Because that's what my flesh wants to do. I don't know how evil your flesh is, but that's how evil my mind wants to do that. Okay? By God's grace on this particular occasion, <laughs> um, he had been teaching me about how he wants to be my best friend, okay? And I know that we talked about friendships and we need interaction. God, God called us to this, but he has to be number one. And I am one of these kind of people that I can gravitate. Okay, we can be best friends and share the intimacy, and we are just like, 
okay, forget the rest of the world, we'll be good friends, right? I'm that kind of personality. And so every stinking time, you know, they, they moved away. I mean, I had one really good friend that passed away, you know, college ends and you all move away and it just happens, right? And every single time, I believe God was saying to me, Stacy, I am your best friend. I want to be there. And so I was able then to transfer that to my daughter and point her back to God's word and say, Jacqueline, God wants to be your best friend. Jesus wants to be your best friend. And he is. And he can control. You know, he's, he, he can be in control. You know, he wants to be that friend. He can fulfill all of your needs. And part of that, you know, we need to teach him to stand alone, not only in this issue, but in some others as well, right? Our children need to know that they have to be able to stand alone, even among Christians. So it's okay to not always be loved by the people around us, as long as I'm living to please him. Um, and by the way, God's word does not tell us that we need to make sure that others are kind and loving to us. Can you guys give me that scripture? Huh? That, uh, that I need to make sure others are kind to me? Oh, okay. I'm like, wow, you found a new one. <laughs> no, it tells us to love. Those who are not loving to us. Okay, it never tells us that we have to control them. And so my daughter, what I needed to teach my daughter was go to Jesus. Go to Jesus when you're hurt and don't, you know, it's okay. Um, be careful about wanting your kids to be accepted by others because it can easily become an idol in your life or an idol in their lives. And on top of that, that rejection just might be the way that God is using to protect your kids. And we talked a little bit about some scriptures and not less than I heard anyway. You know, friendships are important and who we choose to associate with in that intimate form, I'm not talking about being nice, but scripture is very clear. Bad company corrupts good morals, right? And sometimes we don't even see what's going on with these kids. And I've seen it protect my kids from going the wrong way when they when they've lost friendship. So don't be afraid of that. Teach them where to go. All right. Um, oftentimes we want our children also to be known as good, right? Because of how it reflects on me. So we want adults and other kids. So, so be careful about that and think about what that means for you and your identity, right? My identity is not wrapped up in my kids. Don't let your identity be wrapped up in your kids. My identity is in Christ Jesus and no other. Okay, I am dearly loved. I'm knitted together by him. I'm chosen. I'm adopted. I'm Christ is my righteousness. I'm clothed in him. Um, Galatians 1.10 says, if I'm trying to please men, then I am not a servant of Christ. That's powerful. If I am trying to please men, I'm not a servant of Christ. It's a choice. I can't have both. That doesn't mean we're never pleasing men, of course, because when we please Jesus, we often do, but we will wind up finding some enemies in that because he had enemies. All right, um, the next third point that I wanna make is intentionally parent with the big picture in mind. Um, Psalm 127, and by the way, all the scripture that I have quoted so far or read is from NIV 84. Did I say that already? Good, okay, but this one is now from the New Living Translation. So, so, switched okay Psalm 20 127 3 through 5 says children are a gift from the Lord they are reward from him children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them okay ladies what what happens with an arrow when you have a warrior right 
Okay, back in the day, they did not go to Lowe's and pick up some air, or not even Lowe's, I'm, <laughs> see how good I am? I even have hunters for my family, but anyway, for my boys. No, they, they did not go somewhere to the sporting goods store and pick up some arrows, right? They were crafting them from sticks, okay? So they are whittling, they're working, they're trying to make this arrow the best that they can so that it will fly far and straight. When they go into battle, they have an arrow that they can shoot into the middle of the war that they know where it's going, right? So just think about that as you're raising your kids this is not, it's not just right here. We are raising our kids to go into the world. So don't try to hang on so tightly that you're not letting them go do what God's calling them to do, right? We, we, we are raising them to go out, okay? Keep that in mind. And we, you know, we maybe are sometimes shooting those arrows at a target for some practice and we're helping our kids with some practice, right? But eventually we're gonna shoot those arrows and they're going out into the middle of a battlefield. So make sure they're straight, okay? To the best of your ability and with the help of the Lord, of course. But, but thinking about that future, it's the future that we're really doing this for. Um, while our families are growing, um, we can often get caught up in just that busy, busy busyness of life and we forget about the big picture, right? Um, and we might wind up missing opportunities to really teach and train in the daily life. Trials of toddlerhood, I mean, you guys, don't, I, I know, like, repeat, 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 are you ever going to get this, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Whoa. And one wise woman in our church one time said, this too shall pass, which kind of helped me out a little bit, but also there was like, why aren't you getting it? And then God reminds me, you know, maybe this is a lesson for me in long-suffering, because my God is long-suffering with me. Um, but be consistent in your discipline. Be consistent in your training. Um, determine whether or not this is a sin issue, if this is truly disobedience, or if it's truly childishness. Be wise. Cry out to the Lord, because it's not always easy to tell. I have some kids that's not easy to tell on. But, you know, let's say little Johnny has disobeyed. Okay, there are multiple ways that we can respond to him. Multiple ways we probably have responded, right? We might yell at him because we get more loud than it's gonna like help, right? And sometimes it does, we know what works with what kid. <laughs> we might have this system of counting to three and Johnny knows what happens at three, so that works. Um, we, you know, whatever it is we found to get him moving, we're often doing. Um, we might go right into discipline, depending on the age, there might be a SWAT, there might be a grounding, right? Um, we might even just ignore it so that we don't have to deal with it. Like, I'm just too tired today. Um, but what we should be doing is consistently taking him back to the word of God. And if they have not yet professed to accept Jesus, I mean, I am not saying every stinking time that they disobey, but I'm telling you, you ought to be multiple times bringing them back to the gospel message, okay? And the gospel message is what we need to be bringing them back to at every, you know, I mean, for, for either saved or not saved, right? Um, we need to take them back. And we don't wanna do that. We wanna get this get it straight down go right because we got things to do and our busyness of life has got, got us captured and we got places to be things to do and so we don't want to deal with it i'm telling you stop deal with it point them back to the word of god because this is what this this moment may be what god's giving you in order to train your kid and to teach your kid something so listen to it pay attention to what we can do um but anyway you can use those opportunities to tell him about jesus and how much he loves him um we can also use those opportunities when we messed up 
And we started yelling and being unkind to them, right? To say, you know what, I messed up, but I have a Savior. And we can tell him all about our Savior who forgives us of our sins, right? And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins also because I was unkind to you. Okay, this is important. We need to show this to our kids and see them on it. You know, I have a Savior who died on the cross even while I was still in my sin. He still chose to die for me so I could be with him forever. You know, express that to your kids. Also, you know, when they are saved, take them to 1 John 1.9, you know, and that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we confess them. Um, and it does take time, but it's super important. Um, I know in homeschooling our kids, and if some of you guys are homeschooling, and we ta I just mentioned earlier, character was really important to us. There were days when I felt like that's all we did was character lessons, okay? I still have functioning children. You guys see one. Um, <laughs> they, I, it, it, but we had to take the time to do that in order to, I have ADHD dyslexic kids that, I mean, I had to sit with to get any school done. God always provided what I needed. Sometimes it was another person to sit with math with them every day. Okay, but God always provided what we needed. And, and we as homeschool moms can freak out at what the future is gonna look like for our kids. Okay, train them up in the ways of the Lord. Are you freaking out? We'll I talk. I was like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> I feel like we you were in our conversation last night after we left. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been there. I've done it. I get it. You know, I mean, SRS was very real when I started. You got, you got to remember this 25 years ago when I started homeschooling. SRS was scary. Okay? You know, you weren't sure if you should go outside in the backyard for recess, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is how real it was back then. And so... Um, it, it takes trusting in the Lord, knowing what's the most important thing for me to teach my kid. The other things come, okay? Not only that, but I want to remind you that God, and we are almost done, so I'm going to kind of just try to wrap this up. God has given you, but God has given you the child that you have. You are the mom God gave to that child, and he gives you what you need to do your job. And no matter how irritating this one was to me, and, and I will tell you guys, we, we prayed about putting him in school many times. God never, never gave us peace. He never let us do it. <laughs> but, you know, you, you got that one that's going to, you know. <laughs> but God was training me as much as he was him, right? And that's where those lessons come in. That's where we're growing in Christ together. That's what our kids are seeing. And that is really what is most important. I want to encourage you in that. God didn't make a mistake in the kid he gave you. And I asked him a couple of times. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> and so just remember that. Let me just, I mean, I had some great other examples, but I don't have time. Um, I, I want you to think about idols. There was a story that I was going to give you about idols in your heart. But one of the things that, um, that cues you into idols in your heart, okay, is sin. So when you have sinned, again, okay, so when I sinned against my daughter, when she, I, I, without going into the story, I don't know how to do that. But okay, I was unkind and rude to my daughter. She was actually an adult at that point who thought that she had all wisdom from God, and her parents knew nothing. And um, you know that didn't go well with me. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, okay, what about the scriptures about honoring your parents, you know? And so I, but at one point, I actually was very, okay, there's probably more than one point, but this one point that I remember when God <laughs> spoke to me, because I was really rude, and my voice was intense and loud, and I <clears throat> was talking to her, and I had to go back and confess, because God convicted me. Okay, I was unkind, I was rude, I was unloving to my daughter, 
whom I love very much, that was sin. What was my idol? Girls, my idol was I wanted a godly young woman for a daughter. Was that a wrong desire? Absolutely not. But that desire had become more important to me than my God. And that is an idol. Okay? So think about those kinds of things when you're parenting. Um, <clears throat> don't focus all of on your kids. Focus on God. He is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, you're going to have everything that you need for every good work. Okay? So another wise woman, once I heard this at a conference, you want to do something great? Go make your bed, is what she was told in, you know, by the Spirit when she was saying, Lord, I just want to do something great. She had toddlers all around the house, and God said, then go make your bed. Be faithful in the little things. Um, another godly woman said, don't, don't, instead of praying for patience, pray for joy. Your focus changes, right? <laughs> because find the joy in the trial. Um, and just remember that God gave you that child. Deuteronomy 10:12 says, And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God and walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.